thank you to today's sponsor, H&S Heating and Air Conditioning, Electrical and Plumbing. When you're happy, they're happy. And at H&S Heating and Air Conditioning, they understand what it means getting in touch with a service tech when you need one. Contact their 24-hour emergency service and repair line. And hey, join their team. Adding electrical and plumbing, they are hiring all positions. Call 320-654-1522 or go to hsheatingandair.com where H&S stands for happy and satisfied. Thank you, H&S, for sponsoring the No Problem Parenting Podcast. Your sponsorship is helping us help more families. Welcome back to the No Problem Parenting Podcast. This podcast is full of tips and tools, services and resources that can help you in the day-to-day behavior struggles with your kiddos, from infant to adults. Want more? Check out the No Problem Parenting three-step perspective that will lay the foundation for solving behavioral issues with your children and family. This 96-minute audio-video program is educational, simple, and easy to navigate. Go to noproblemparenting.com to get started. All right, welcome back, No Problem Parents, to the No Problem Parenting Podcast, where we choose to deal with and overcome the emotional and behavioral challenges within our home. And remember, March is National Reading Month, and today I brought a special guest on, Mr. Jay Aedo. What stories do you guys read to your kids? Have you ever thought about the subconscious messages that are being passed on through those stories? Well, Jay teaches modern lessons through empowering stories and believes one generation of conscious parents can change the world. Jay is an international entrepreneur, a teacher of practical philosophy, and children's book author. Born and raised in Southern California, Jay often felt the weight of the different belief systems his parents, teachers, and religious leaders followed. As a writer and community leader, he encourages his young readers to look beyond the antiquated programs of the stories repeated for centuries. For the first time in the history of children's books, Conscious Bible Stories tells biblical stories from a super conscious perspective. Jay embarked on this journey following his realization that the narrative of victimhood, fear of responsibility, and accusing others for our own mistakes has gone too far. From Adam blaming Eve for having eaten the forbidden fruit to the story of Cain lying to God about having killed his brother Abel, these tales subtly teach us to look outside ourselves for validation and blame. Jay's mission is to show others how the truth of God lies within all of us. He encourages his young readers to take responsibility for their actions and to never be fearful of speaking up for themselves. Conscious effort is the key to empowering children all over the world to create their own story from the very beginning. This is all just truly fascinating to me. I am so excited to meet you, Jay. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jackie. I'm really excited to be here. I know that bio was a bit long, but I really wanted to make sure to get it all in there because I'm... I'm just really curious about what you're doing in retelling the stories, especially the the stories from the Bible. So why don't you just tell our, our audience here today your mission for doing this and why you really felt driven to retell these stories? Yeah, I, I've, I feel like when I wrote these stories, I wrote them for myself in a, in a sense, because these characters from the Bible are very ingrained into our system since, you know, even people who weren't raised in Christian religion know about these stories. They're they're very prevalent. These characters are very popular. And so what's happened is that these stories are ingrained in the systems of so many people all around the world that we're acting out the characters. We're acting 
like Cain who who killed his brother out of anger and resentment and shame. And these stories are so prevalent in our system that I, for myself, I rewrote them in a way where, where Abel is able to stand up and fight for himself and kind of put Cain in his place, kind of teach him a lesson and show him a different way where, you know, he didn't even retaliate, you know, Cain tried to kill Abel, but Abel doesn't try to kill Cain. And so he he breaks a certain pattern of behavior that we've been swept away by in 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 our human story, and so we ha- he shows us nobility has has that sense within himself. He knows who he is. He knows what he's made of. He knows where he's coming from. And so he just has to clear up the misunderstanding. And so he has to stand up and fight. He has to be uncomfortable. He has to do something he doesn't want to do, but he has to do it because if he doesn't do it, there's nobody else to do it for him. And so these stories, to me, in a very subtle way, show me how to be whom I want to be to the best of my imagination. And I think where these stories, I don't think they went wrong. I think they've been translated throughout history for so long that, you know, at some point, they're just doing their very best to tell us how to live a life that's fulfilling for ourselves. And so these stories in the Bible are essentially they're telling us how not to act. I was just going to say that. I love that you had mentioned that. We spoke a little bit before recording the episode, but the stories are telling us how not to act. And you're writing them in with the lens of how to act or how to behave instead. That's right. And then so when, when even how to act when you're cane, And so when Abel is able to put Cain in his place and kind of subdue him and show him who he is and why he and where this misunderstanding is, you know, Cain is able to understand and kind of take full ownership of his mistakes and beg for forgiveness. And when he's able to do that, well, then they're able to build now. Now they they have brotherly love. They have an understanding, a bond, a strong bond that they didn't have before. So they're even stronger because of this with than they were before. And so, you know, it teaches us many subtle lessons in life as to how to act and how to be. And then they go on and build cities together. And then we become the descendants of two brothers who worked out each other's misunderstandings. And so it's just a different story in my imagination. And so this story was so impactful for me and my friends and my family, you know, and you asked me earlier, like, uh, how has this been received? And and I'll tell you, it's been very well received because the truth is that if somebody gives me the opportunity where they can see where I'm coming from with this, they can see that I don't mean harm. I'm doing my very best to share a story. And that's what all of us are doing. Every book, every movie, everything that we do from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep is just one story. And so- right many chapters to the story are we telling? Are we skipping? Are we lying? What kind of stories are we telling? And so these stories are very impactful. It's all we have. It's the foundation of, of our structure. And if you look out into society, it, it looks unstable out there. And it's no wonder because these stories are quite questionable. You know, there's a lot going on. Yeah, and so- exactly. And you say there's, <laughs> you say there's a lot of um, unintended effect of Bible stories. What do you mean by that? Well, I feel like these stories were were meant to guide us in a positive direction. And I think they really have. It's just that we we seem to have been, we've lost our way for a little while. 
but I feel like these stories are really meant to guide us, to show us what we're made of, you know, where we're coming from so that we can see where we're going as a human race. And if you're, and if we're sharing stories, we might as well share great stories, right? This, this world, we've been told stories about planet earth and where it's headed, you know, and, and we only have a few billion years before the sun runs out, right? And we, we know these stories are coming. And so, but all of our stories for humanity seem to be leading in that doom gloom sort of way. Well, what if we start telling stories where we're being, where we're leading planet into a new solar system where we're going to live abundantly, infinitely growing through ourselves and growing stronger and stronger, evolving infinitely, right? Like the way we tell, I mean, if we're going to tell stories, like what's the difference of telling us of something that's going to happen in a few billion years anyway, we might as well tell the great stories if we're telling stories. So it's, it's like we get caught up in these stories and, and it's, everything's Terminator and Matrix and AI's taking over and humans are doomed. And these stories, like, what are we supposed to take it lightly? No, this thing is heavily ingrained into our system. We're really buying these stories and we're acting in them out. Right. Well, and I think one of the things that happens with Christianity is some people have experienced um, and some some have experienced this and they're upset by it and some have experienced it and they're almost forgiving of it. But there is this underlining tone of guilt and shame and struggle, you know, and, and these are beliefs that really affect us. And sometimes as adults, we have to go back and like undo the damage of the, the guilt or the shame um, that maybe some of the messages have have created in us. So what's kind of your thoughts on that? Yes. So once we realize this within ourselves, that we have this ability to really change the direction, but we're so far gone in our story as adults, you know, we have so much trauma to filter out in order to get, you know, to get our shit together or to get our thoughts together, uh, you know, but our kids don't have that trauma yet. So that's why I'm so excited to write stories, um, you know, for conscious parents to teach their kids and, and build a new bond with and to empower the the entire family unit uh together you know we're 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 playing a very transparent role for our kids and our parents wherever you know we have this these stories in our life we, we had to lie because that's the story like you have to live like you have to lie to your parents you lie to your teachers you lie to your your religious leaders right you're just lying because like if you told them the truth you'd feel guilt and shame like so you hold on to that instead of letting it out and then so that builds and so this this is a new stronger foundational you know but it starts from there from from telling your kids what you've been up to what your story has been like and what you're doing on purpose and why things are difficult for you and tell them about your traumas too and and show them that it's difficult for you because you have to filter out all that first, right? And this takes momentum to build. And that's why that momentum builds a lot stronger and faster, uh, generationally speaking, you know? And so it gives us more of a long-term sight and when we have long-term sight, then that gives us the ability to be a little bit easier on ourselves. We tend to be really hard on ourselves. We don't give ourselves enough credit. We sell ourselves short and we definitely do it to those around us, you know, because the way we treat ourselves is the way we treat those around us. And then, so if we have this ability to really change that within ourselves, where we are able to be 
easier on ourselves because we do understand what we've been through, be more compassionate with ourselves, have that longer vision where we're not so, so stressed out. Like we're running out of time. No, we have plenty of time. Generationally speaking, we have all the time in the world. If, if we have these abilities to change our perspective and live an easier life for ourselves and give ourselves more love, more abundant thinking, more creative ways of being, why wouldn't we do that to ourselves? But it does take conscious effort. You know, it's not just going to happen. Things don't happen by accident. You have to do them on purpose. It's the only way anything ever gets done that you want. You know, if you're willing to do what it takes to get the things that you want, then that's what makes you earn them. And then that's how you know that you deserve them. We live in a world where there's a lot of entitlement. A lot of people think they deserve things. Well, how do you know you deserve it? Because you have it. If you don't have it, you don't deserve it yet. Go earn it. You know, then it's just a different mentality where we're no longer victimized. Yeah, you have a sad story. Great. Use it to be better. Yeah, right. We all have we all have sad stories. It's a, it's a sad life. Things are tough. It really is. And for some it's worse than others. And for some it's better, but ultimately everybody has their own demons to go through their own stuff. And, and it's just as hard for me as it is for you within ourselves. And, and we have this ability to break ourselves out of those patterns of behavior. And, And we have a duty to ourselves and our fellow human beings to better ourselves and to better our children. We have a duty. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, one of the things I like about um, your stories and your work, Jay, is that it really has this undertone of, you know, no excuses, owning your problem, not blaming others, not shaming others or yourself. And I like that you're saying with the, the conscious parenting piece, parents being conscious of this. Now, of course, we need to be age appropriate with some of the ways that we disclose our history, our mistakes, our, you know, weaknesses or things as parents. And I totally agree with you that we need to be transparent with our kids, not just teaching the lesson of don't do this because I already did. And it didn't work out well for me, not just do as I say, not as I do kind of, kind of mentality. But I do really like that you're really kind of reframing or rewriting the narrative around personal responsibility. And how those mistakes don't define them. Absolutely. How is history shaped by stories? Well, just look at the word history. It's his story. You know, we break words apart this way. If you look at the root of where we come from, root words, right? We have this ability. A lot, a lot of words come from Latin descent, right? So we're telling stories and they're caught up by where they're coming from. They're the roots. And so this, like his story, well, whose story is it? And so... When we're looking at history, it's like we're repeating somebody else's story. Well, that's why I've now I've reframed it. I'm I'm trying to create a uh, a new word. Maybe you can help me, Jackie. It's it's our story. One word, our mm-hmm. story. You know. So I want to because we have the ability. We can't do anything about his story. That's for him to worry about. Whoever he is, right? Let's focus on our story because that one we have full control over. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And why do we need to rewrite those old stories? Well, you want to rewrite them because they've been written for you. So why would you want to just keep, just pick up and 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 run off with his story? Like, why wouldn't you, if you can, if you're conscious enough and want to create your own story? 
there's a one of my favorite techniques that I like to teach parents um, to teach their kids, but also to teach themselves is the make it right technique. You know, there's that when kids get in, in a fight with each other or they harm somebody or they, you know, misbehave in some way, our go to response as parents is you say you're sorry, go say you're sorry. And the make it right technique is, I think, I mean, when a kid naturally says, I'm sorry, and they're apologetic for something they've done, that's awesome. But a lot of times when we're injecting that, you say you're sorry. The kid in the moment is probably not sorry. They're probably pretty ticked off and they're still fuming about whatever it is or whatever the reason is that they wanted to harm this other kid or this person, right? So the make it right technique um, replaces the I'm sorry or is better than the I'm sorry because it helps the kid feel the um, result of their action from the inside out and that and and helps build empathy for the other person. So it's teaching that we can make up for the wrongs that we've caused or the hurt that we've caused another person. A random act of kindness to the other person to make up for what they did um, after the kiddo's done it is to say, good job making it right. So we're teaching teaching our kids that you can make mistakes, you can mess up, you can do wrong things and you can make up for them and then keep her moving. Life moves on. It just made me think of that as, as you're talking about these stories, we can rewrite. I love that. That's very, it's a cool technique. Let's talk a little bit more about building relationships with kids. You talk about conscious parenting and and just go into a little bit more about what conscious parenting means as it relates to your books, your stories. Absolutely. Um, Well, firstly, I, I call my book series conscious Bible stories, just because, um, you know, when I talk, when I speak about consciousness, I'm simply speaking about being aware of something that you weren't aware bef- of before. And so you are now conscious of something that you weren't conscious of before, you know, and these stories repeat, you know, from the moment we wake up in the morning, you know, we're, we're waking up to consciousness, we're becoming conscious. And as the day goes on, we become more conscious. And as we get tired, we become less conscious, right? And the more conscious we are, the, the, the more productive we are. Right. And so the, you know, if we're, if we're eat a big meal, then we're going to, we're going to be less conscious. We're going to be a little drowsy perhaps. And so these levels of consciousness, you know, like we're, even when we're watching a movie, uh, maybe we watch a movie two, three times and, and we notice something we didn't notice before. And so we're always becoming more and more conscious. And so when we're bonding with our kids, bonding with our parents, uh, we want to be able to express, um, conscious behavior like we're really aware of them you know like when we're trying to make friends making friends with kids is no different than making friends and with adults like you want them to know that you're actually interested in what they're interested in this isn't like some sort of crazy secret like we're talking about making friends with your kids and so that you know when you're when you're friends with somebody well then you easily share things about yourself and that's ultimately what we want we want to be able to openly share things in our family and and we have that ability. We can build that structure and foundation for for in our family, uh, and and it'll affect our friends. It'll affect our world. And and when we have that world for ourselves, it's a better world. It's a it's a stronger world when we're not trying to keep up with our lies or whatever it is we have going on. When you just say the things that are, things are just simpler. Yeah, I totally agree. Sometimes as parents, we feel like we can't just say it like it is. <laughs> we yeah. have to sugarcoat stuff. We have to come in through the back door. You know, one of the things I say when parents come to me is the, they have one of three problems. They're either being too nice, too mean, or they're trying to solve a problem that they don't have any experience in. And they're trying to do that alone. And, and so it's like, 
you know, we don't need to sugarcoat. We don't need to teach the lesson verbally, you know, uh, with what to do or what not to do. We can, we can teach it through just telling our own personal stories and experiences. And, and I absolutely love that. I do believe that stories help build relationships. And after all, you're sugarcoating it for yourself because, you know, the, the child doesn't have the trauma of why you're sugarcoating it. It doesn't know any better. So you're just saying it the way it is would be best for him to be able to filter it out for what it is and just, just see it for what it is. Yeah. Because that in and of itself is owning the situation, right. Or the experience or the the behavior, um, not being ashamed of it or shying away from it because you don't want, you don't want to talk about it. You don't, you're embarrassed by it. You're, you know, whatever you talk a little bit about that with Kane. Um, you talked about Abel being able to stand up for himself, but tell us a little bit about your take on Cain and what that did for him. Sure. I mean, what, what that does for the character Cain is it shows him that, that how merciful his brother was for once. So he becomes grateful for his brother showing him the remorse that he didn't show. So it shows him, you know, compassion. And it also gives him the opportunity to really own what he had done, he really made a terrible mistake and there was nothing he can do about it, but he felt really sorry about it now. You know, he didn't before, but now he really does because now he really sees it for what it is. Now he, because they cleared up the misunderstanding, they cleared it up and now he sees, shit, I I really messed up on this one. And then, so he just begs for his, you know, he can't do anything else, but just fall to his knees and beg for his brother's forgiveness. But you see, his brother had already forgiven him because that's why he chose to do what he did. He, he Instead of choking him to death, he choked him unconscious, right? Remember, we were speaking about being conscious and unconscious, right? And when he, and when Cain regains consciousness, he's able to see things for what they are. They're able to have a dialogue now. Things are, you know, he's a little bit confused, right? He doesn't know what's going on, but he's, he, maybe he's feeling a little scared, but he, know, he's, he, re, he realizes his brother's there. So, and then his brother's talking to him and then he remembers what he did, right? This is, this is, these are real life scenarios. We're mean to our brothers. We're mean to our sisters. We're like, so, you know, we're, we're in this world of mirrors. We're each other's mirrors. So if you're mean to me, I'm going to be mean to you, right? So it's like, it, it breaks patterns of behavior. In my opinion, it broke them for within myself. These stories have been able to help me. It's it, it impacted just close friends and family. It's, so I encourage you to buy the books. We're on Amazon, ConsciousBibleStories.com. You know, they are ex- Bible stories with a conscious twist. And I, yeah. they're, they're really cool. It's very well written. Thank you. And I'm very excited to share these stories just because I'm passionate about it. If I can create value from nowhere, right? Like from these old stories, I create value and I re-spin them and I create more value. And you can do it too. We're all just buying and selling words all day long. And we can choose what stories we invest in we can choose consciously what stories we put our attention to you know mm-hmm. so we we're, we're understanding the value that we have for one another we value ourselves more we value those in our world more and so our world becomes more valuable and so that's that's another thing that i like to teach this is very practical philosophy when it comes to enriching your life it's not about dollars and euros that the value comes from within the value is from those around you, your family, your loved ones, how much you value them, what they mean to you, you know, and if we have this ability to share what we mean to each other, well, then our world becomes more and more great. 
And so if we change the direction, the patterns of behavior of where we've been coming from, why do we change them? Because we don't like them anymore. If we like them, you can hold on to them if you want. Mm-hmm. These are disciplines. You, be, you can become disciplined. You already are. You're just disciplined in the things that don't make you happy. And so if you just change the discipline, you know, change what you're disciplined in, mm-hmm. you can change these patterns of behavior and you can change them long term, generation after generation. You can become stronger. You know, right. we can become the greatest, the greatest character in the story if we want to. Right. Changing the narrative and building relationships at the same time. This is a brilliant, brilliant idea. Um, great story writing, conscious Bible stories. The first one is Cain and Abel, but that's the first of a series that's coming out, right? That's right. And I'm going backwards. I'm going to do, I started with Cain, Cain and Abel. I'm going to do Adam and Eve, and then I'm going to wrap things up with God and Lucifer. Ooh, stay tuned for that. That's exciting. You have to make sure to to update me when they'll when they're published, Jay. I'd love to, I'd love to read them. So, all right, so people can go to consciousbiblestories.com to learn more about you. They can follow you on Instagram at consciousbiblestories. Thank you so much for being on the show today and and sharing your stories with us. Thanks for having me, Jackie. I'm really grateful to be here. Thank you for tuning in to the No Problem Parenting Podcast. Join Jackie next time for more tips, tools, and resources that will help you become the confident leader your kids crave you to be. Who do you know that we could support on their parenting journey? Like this podcast, subscribe, share, or leave a review of the show. Your support of the No Problem Parenting Podcast pays it forward and helps us help more families.